0: Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. Be sure to check out our website, scriptsandscribes.com, for more great resources on the craft and business of writing and hundreds of other great interviews. Before we get started, you should check out Hollywood Game Plan, a step-by-step guide on how to get your first or next job in Hollywood. It's an easy-to-follow guide from a former Ev executive who currently runs the WGA showrunners training program and the CBS diversity initiative writers mentoring program. And it covers everything from how to write the perfect cover letter, developing a successful job search strategy, how to create the critically important personal brand, what to wear to meetings and even the best places to live if you're new to Los Angeles. So if you're looking to get an insider's advice and information on how to get your start in the entertainment business, be sure to check out Hollywood game plan by Carol Kirshner. But right now, we've got a true dynamic duo on the show. They have been writers and producers on. They've been writers, but they've been a writer and producer on such shows as One Day at a Time, 1600 Pen, and The Tick. Their most recent work had the biggest opening for film adapted from a video game in the history. Uh, Of the entire planet. That's right. (laughs) With an estimated first weekend take of $58 million. Uh, Take that, Angelina Jolie, Laura Croft, and got nothing on Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Dan Cuban Missile Hernandez and Benji the Magic Man Samet. Thanks, guys.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you. It's a real pleasure
0: to be here. We're really excited. (laughs) Um, Okay, so before we start talking about your careers and writing, we've got to get into the phenomenon that is detective pikachu yes how does it feel to have the number one movie in the world and i say world because uh avengers endgame made a little more money domestically but i'd read on variety that pokemon detective pikachu now in theaters uh earned 108 million worldwide while avengers pulled in a measly 102 or 102 you made one three Yeah, Uh, I
2: mean, it was a decisive victory. Right. It's
0: (laughs) it's a win, right? (laughs) Endgame, Avengers. (laughs) Now, granted, Avengers was in its third week, uh, but they (laughs) had the whole Avengers squad while you only had Deadpool, right? You had, like... We had his voice. (laughs) Right, you had the voice of Deadpool. (laughs) You didn't even have Deadpool. So that's a pretty big accomplishment.
2: I mean, it feels crazy to think about the fact that we have you know, the number one, movie, the number in the one world? movie in the world. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not something that you can fully wrap your mind around even as it's happening because, you know, you're seeing it in the theater, but I have a friend in Kyoto, Japan who is, you know, texting me and saying, Hey, you know, the theaters here in Kyoto are sold out. Right. And that's when you start to realize, Oh, this is, much bigger than anything that we've done in our careers. You know, I mean we've we've done a lot of TV and 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 right. I'm very grateful for everyone who's watched that, but this is a factor many magnitudes bigger than than anything that we've ever done to the extent that you're like, what are the what are the what are the Slovakian numbers? <laughs> you
0: know, you know,
2: how are we doing in Estonia? Right. That's but it's but it's real. You know, and all these people, the fact that it opened worldwide I think it opened in Japan about a week earlier, but other than Japan, it were, it, op- it opened everywhere at mm-hmm. the same time. And so all of this stuff was coming in and you're kind of, you know, keeping your fingers crossed that it's not going to get completely destroyed by Avengers and you just right. don't know. And even in the third week, you know, Avengers is like this phenomenon, sure. and understandably so. But this is
1: domestically, it's this is only the second time in history that two live action movies have both made more than 55 million dollars in a weekend wow and so you know it's it, it's all very surreal it's surreal because yeah this is you know it would it, be crazy enough just seeing our n- names on a movie screen like this is our first movie credit uh but for it to be on something as massive as this makes it like
0: doubly surreal no it's crazy i mean yeah it's pretty amazing um, and going off, continuing the uh, uh, Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu praises. Um, now, it, it, I'm going to go off and say it was rated 7.3 on IMDb, which, you know, sounds like, why why didn't it get an 8 or 9? But it matched the scores of classic comedies Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Dumb and Dumber and Big, Marvel Blockbusters, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man and Black Panther... And, of course, the Oscar-winning Charlize Theron serial killer film, Monster. So. Well, we were thinking about taking Monster down a peg when we were writing Detective Pikachu.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, somebody had to. That, that was in your sights that while was you were like, writing. A, Man, it's like we got to knocked out, say, Charlize Theron. We're going to teach her a lesson, Christina right. Ricci. We we're going to take yeah.
1: our pocket monsters and uh, right. take, pocket take monster. full-size monster down
2: right. a peg. I <laughs> actually really like that movie. I remember seeing it in theaters and, and being very impressed by it. So I'm sorry, monster. I didn't mean it, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's been interesting to see the reviews and to see, I mean, it is the, the you know, as of is this true, Benji, that it's the best re- reviewed video game movie of all time.
1: It's the only fresh
0: video game movie mm. of all
2: time on Rotten Tomatoes. And, and well, s- yeah,
0: speaking of which reviews, IGN, which is obviously a huge video game, publication uh, said about it quote while video game movies haven't had the best track record this movie is by and far the best example of how to do one right so that's a feather in your cap
2: well it's been really interesting to see sort of some of the more traditional print medias versus some
0: of the newer right
2: outlets that have reviewed the movie and well the
0: washington post came out and compared it to interestingly enough blade runner Saying it was equally quote dazzling, com- dazzlingly complex and visually dazzling. I,
2: I was really happy with that Washington repo, po- that Washington Post review because you know I don't know it. It seemed like in my and this is just me, right. m- my personal opinion, but it did seem like there were a certain number of reviewers who went into it and were like, "I thought Pokemon was stupid before I saw this movie. I thought they were stupid during the movie. I still think they're stupid, and I also think all the fans of Pokemon are stupid."
0: Right. You, can do you know, there that.
2: was a certain percent of reviews sure. that were like that, and fine, they're entitled to whatever opinion. But I was very gratified by the reviews that were like, "I didn't know anything about Pokemon, mm-hmm. and I went into it, and I had a really good time." Or, you know, like I didn't expect to have shades of Blade Runner in this in this Pokemon movie, but right. there were, and that was very intentional on our part, on the part of Rob Letterman, the director, on the part of the you know everyone who worked on the movie. Those were those were sort of you know, uh, homages that we were very conscious of because we wanted it to feel a little bit different than what someone would expect going into a Pokemon movie. So, I'm really proud of the way that the movie has turned out and especially the the response on Twitter. I mean, Benji, you, like people have been
1: on Twitter, on Reddit. I mean, it's a, the the fans are happy and, you know, uh yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, this is not to say that like every critic who said something negative is wrong or this or that, you know, like, you know, we, I mean, we have our own self-critiques of, you know, any anyone who makes right. art it, it sees things that, oh, I wish I did this differently or that differently. But on the whole, we are so proud of the movie and we're really happy that
0: people are responding to it the way they are. And anytime you can get a majority of people, like you said, it was the only video game movie considered fresh by Rotten Tomatoes, um, it gets a 7.3 on IMDb, which is, again, r- right up there with huge films, Black Panther and Natural Born Killer. I mean, yeah. And anytime you can get a majority of people, especially in this day and age, to agree on something, even if you get a small majority, that's huge. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm taking it as a win. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely. definitely taking
0: it as
2: a win. Um, you know, it's it's really been interesting to see. It also, I think, sometimes comes down to personal like just who you are as, as, a, as a person. You know, there are certain people that are like, well, you know, there, there were certain parts of the narrative that didn't work for me. But be, then there are other people, that, and that made me not like the movie. Or there's other people that are like, there are certain parts of the narrative that didn't work for me, but you know what? Like, it was such a weird movie that right. I just liked it and appreciated it. And so there's no right answer, but I'm glad that on the whole, people have been like, there's something a little bit different About this one, especially as a video game movie, like something that says, hey, you know, there is a way to take these uh, these big franchises, these big video game IPs and make an actual movie that is for everyone, not just for a niche, niche, niche audience of those people or sort of doing it so literally one to one. That it's almost like, well, why bother making a movie if it's going to be just the story of the game? But not as, you know, I mean, the nature of a game is like you're, you know, I played Skyrim for you know over two hundred hours. Blacksmith. You know what I mean? <laughs> just yeah, as a blacksmith. blacksmithing, <laughs> right? Just blacksmithing. My still way, there, hammering away, just right? Hammering now. and like setting up my house and setting up like like adopting children and mm-hmm. like building a chair, but. That's not really how you, I mean, you know, probably other people enjoyed playing the actual game part of, <laughs> right. of Skyrim. But the point is, there is a difference between spending an hour and 40 minutes in a movie theater and sure. spending 200 hours immersing yourself in the world right. of Skyrim. And I think it's somewhat similar with the world of Pokemon, which Cause is it's massive. It's huge yeah. across all the games, all the, the, the cards, the, the anime, the movies, mm-hmm. the other animated movies that right. exist. the so, TV shows. So in order to tell, I think, like a completed thought, you really had to come into this saying like, okay, this is the first live action Pokemon movie. What do we want to do that's a little bit different? What do we want to do that's a little bit unexpected and and diagonal to what someone's expectation might be for this movie? Mm-hmm. It's been really interesting from the time that it was announced to now to see how People have started they at first it was like, Why what why Detective Pikachu? That game isn't even out in America when it was announced. And then the casting started to happen and people were like, Oh, that's kinda kinda interesting, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Justice Smith, you know, Bill Nye that oh, okay, you know. Right. And then the first trailer hit, and suddenly it was like, Oh, like, is this movie like maybe gonna be good? And then the you know, the subsequent trailers. And now with the release, it's like, yeah, this movie Actually, it's good. Right. It's really good. And I'm really gratified that people are are giving it a chance. And And I think maybe having it be a little bit more unexpected is served as a advantage for us because it isn't like you're going in going, well, I know I've spent 500 hours with Ash Ketchum. And I, sure. I've spent, you know, 700 hours collecting every Pokemon in Pokemon Sun, Moon, you know, or Red... You know, blue, whatever the case may be. So I, it, it is, I think, about, you know, providing something that, like, people didn't know that they wanted.
0: Right. Yeah. Because, again, with something that large, with the mythology and a world as big as it is, trying to keep it accessible for a lot of people, but not so watered down that the true fans would be like, it's just, you know, Pikachu in name.
1: Yeah, you know, it, that was definitely a, a conscious thing of, like, making a movie for both the fans and for everyone. So, you know, it was a balance of, like, making sure that non-fans that are coming in fresh understand the world and what's going on. Even if they don't understand everything at first, that they can pick up pieces, and there's enough hints that they can follow along and at the same time for the super fans throwing in easter eggs and fun things mm-hmm. that you know make their viewing experience even more exciting right uh, so it was it was a fun challenge to to do that and whose idea was to cast van wilder as pikachu um i mean that it's so when we wrote the movie we had no one attached there was no act i mean we had like a dream list of different actors. And he was definitely on the list. Uh, And so we didn't write it with particularly him in mind. Uh, And then it was, you know, after the script was done and they started casting. So I, you know, I don't know if it was the studio or the director, or you know, how they wound up on, on him. Um, But I'm so happy they did because he adds so much to the movie. It's incredible.
0: And now uh I know, Dan, you are I don't use this as a, as a derogatory thing because 'cause I'm a nerd too, but you're How dare, how dare you sir? You're we're, we're nerd you know, you're a comic book guy, you know, sci fi, that whole deal. Uh is it my Dungeons and Dragons Underdark t shirt that gave it away? You, well, yeah. we've had previous conversations it's about true. all things. It's true. You know it's true. uh Dungeons and Dragons and superheroes. Um Benji, I know you're a magician. (laughs) So some would say that very much makes me a nerd. Um, But how much did you know about Pokemon and the world um, before you went to pitch and before you actually got the gig to write this film? I mean, how into the world were you before this whole thing started? I mean, we knew a lot. I, I mean, it's... To be perfectly
1: honest, you know, we're slightly too old for it to have been this thing we've totally grew up with. Sure. You know, I think when when it first hit, we were, you know, teenagers in high school, like maybe freshmen in high school or something. Um, but. But we were nerdy high schoolers. Yes. Yeah, so, luckily, we didn't. <laughs> so, <have many> friends. <laughs> you know, this the stuff that kids were into we still liked that stuff. Uh so yeah, so we weren't ki- like we can't say like oh my whole childhood was all about Pokemon because it was later, but we played Pokemon, you know, when we were in high school, the video games like uh definitely watched some of the cartoons and the movie and you know, knew of the world mm-hmm. uh and not not just cursory but like, you know, knew it and i think that's part of the reason why we got the job is when legendary was looking for someone to write this movie they asked themselves well who are the nerdiest writers we know (laughs) search the town for the nerdiest (laughs) nerds available oh dan and benji perfect (laughs) they've got all the nerddom that we need um and so yeah we came in to legendary with A knowledge of Pokemon and an idea of what we would want to bring into this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah, that's how we got the job.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I, I was pretty familiar with it. I mean, I think that part of being a nerd in full is going in and exploring different fandoms and finding what is interesting and unique about them. I mean, not just... You know, I I look at it a little bit differently now as a professional because I think that it's important to stay abreast of things that are popular and sure. things that, you know, are going on, which is like why I'm like, all right, let's fire up Fortnite. What's going on here? Right. But for me at the time, it was it was more organic because, you know, these, you know, the anime was on after school and I would watch it mm-hmm. and, you know, I was playing the games and, you know, especially for me, Super Smash Brothers was a real entry point into the specific moves and powers of all these various pokemon because quite a few of them end up making an appearance throughout the various iterations of the game right. and so that was a real entry point also internet culture you know just these memes of people of characters like psyduck or jigglypuff and um snorlax you know like things like that so it was always something that i really thought was really cool i also am a personally like a very big I have a great interest in Japanese culture. I really love anime. I really love manga. I took Japanese for two years at Brown University, and I'm quite certain I was the worst student of Japanese in the history <laughs> of of that prestigious institution. And and that's okay, but I mean Is it Dan? Well, <laughs> let me put it this way. I took it pass or fail, and they definitely should have failed me. Um they were very they were very kind to like let me continue and <laughs> and you know so i always I, I i always felt like a real affection for this franchise and when we got the opportunity to come in and talk about possibly working on this movie i i think one of the main reasons that we ultimately ended up getting the job is because we actually had opinions about the world the characters which characters we would want to use why we would want to use those characters how we would deploy them not just dramatically but comedically you know, Cy- on the first day of our working on the project, we said, look, we think this character, Psyduck, is the funniest Pokemon. He's my personal favorite Pokemon. We'd love to put Psyduck in the movie and ha- and we think Psyduck can be the, the the comedic breakout character. And that never really changed throughout the entire duration of our involvement in the film and into the production. And now, you know... When, when you read a lot of these reviews, they will say, and Psyduck is amazing. Psyduck is the, you know, the funniest part of the movie. And that was something that was very much just something that we intuitively felt at the beginning of the process that thankfully you know, was borne out. And, and Rob and, and, and Catherine, the act, Newton, the actress, you know everybody did a great job in articulating that. But it was by design. And it wasn't an opinion that necessarily everybody would have had. It was just something that we deeply felt having some familiarity with this world and having spent some time with these characters. So I personally feel like I don't think it's a crime to be a fan of something if you're going to go and write it. I think that as a professional, you have an obligation to not be so beholden to the thing that you're unwilling to be flexible about okay, well, you know, maybe in a movie context we have to change this element of it, or, well, but in issue number 87 of Alpha Flight, you know, right, Sasquatch, right. you know, you can't, you also can't be that, I think, right. to the to the detriment of the project. But if you can come in and say, hey, I know this, I love this, I've got some strong feelings about this, and I'd love to try to to kind of, encapsulate that on the page. Mm -hmm. I actually think that's a real strength for writing a movie like this. And it may be one of the reasons why it did turn out to be the best video game adaptation of, you know, I think ever. Um, Not to say that other writers didn't have affection for their source material, but I I really do think that it should be somewhat of a prerequisite for writing a movie like this.
0: Right. You've done a lot of work in television. Yes. Um, Most recently for one day at a time and the tick how do you transition from one to the other? And and what is the difference in terms of, like, obviously, when you're writing on television, you go to a writer's room. When you're working in feature, you're kind of left to your own devices. How do you both logistically as well as creatively make that sort of transition?
1: I mean, I would say, at least in regards to Detective Pikachu, our TV background actually was more helpful than than it has been for you know we've written other movies this is our first to get produced right um but you know normally yeah it's us going off on our own and just writing and being like i hope this is good and turning it in uh but this we were able to do more collaborating than we're used to in in features um you know, going in to the offices at the at Legendary and sitting down with the executive, sitting down with the director, and we sort of had a, a mini writers' room almost. Like it, it was, it was similar in feeling. You know, pitching ideas. You know, putting uh, note cards up on the wall, like all that stuff. Uh, also, then like being involved somewhat in the you know pre-production or like you know during we would go over to concept artists and uh, we'd pitch out a sequence and they we'd see them like do an animatic for it. Wow. And so we were able to yeah watch animatics of some of the big set pieces in the movie, like while we were still writing the script. So we definitely weren't just like off in our cave writing this one uh, the way we have been for other features. Um, so yeah, in that way it was similar to, to TV. Um,
2: I think that, you know, creatively, the di- the big difference to me is that in a movie, you really have to have a completed thought. I, I, the best episodes of television also, you know, will have sort of a complete thought. But you know that there's going to be another episode to follow it. There was sure. another episode before it. So it's really sort of a of a like a it's a it's like a subset of a subset you know that it that it that it even the the best episode of television is 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 in dialogue with these other episodes and and the character development doesn't all have to happen at the same time story turns don't all have to happen at the same time dynamic changes in the in the the setup of the show usually don't happen over the course of one episode, unless you're Game of Thrones. Um, (laughs) But but in a movie, there is nothing that can linger, really. Mm -hmm. Every character has to have a completed arc. Every character's journey has to be clear. And when you're working on something of this scope, you're also taking into account the realities of, like, well, the animatic people are telling me like, what you wrote is good, but it would be better like this. Or here's a reason that, you know, we should do it this way. Or here's a reason we, you know, so there's a lot of things to juggle when you're trying to arrive at that end point where everything is, is summed up and sort of satisfying for the audience. And so I think that we were fortunate to have this TV background mm-hmm. in the sense that, You have to be, in TV, you have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible to deadline because, you know, if you have a table read and it doesn't go well and the show shoots the next day or the day after, there's really not an option other than to stay there and fix it until it's right. Whether that's doing targeted little things or whether it's writing a completely new episode of TV, which we have done both. Mm -hmm. So we had kind of gone through the training montage of TV and we kind of leveled up to the point where now the stakes were much higher. Mm-hmm. Now the scope of the story was much larger, uh, dealing with different departments, all of that. But we, we felt luckily ready to do that and able to do that in, in without interrupting the, the, the sort of the generative creative process too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were very fortunate. You know, I also think Benji and I are fortunate in the sense that we've been working together for a long time, 13 years now. So the shorthand between us is such that we can kind of intuitively know what the other one is thinking. Or if I'm, he's reading something that I've written and he's cutting jokes that he thinks doesn't work. And I go back and I look at what he's cut. I'm never like how could you cut that? I'm always thinking to myself, oh, he must've cut that for a reason mm-hmm. there. So that was another benefit that we had, which was working in such a simpatico way. We were able
0: to kind of navigate all of the unique challenges of a movie of this scale. Right. Um, now in television, you, there's a substantial amount of pre-production where you break story and, you know, give mm-hmm. episodes and all that kind of stuff. And then you go off and the, time of actual writing actually writing your episode is fairly quick yeah you know because you do a lot of the you know the plotting and everything
2: we've written episodes in as little as less than a day really yeah wow now i don't recommend it (laughs) but but it is possible sure and and sometimes it's what has to happen
0: right but what like for a feature of this size Especially when you're, it's live action, but you're also dealing with a whole visual effects department doing all these animatics yeah. and doing, what is sort of like the pre-production process and then the production process. I mean, how long is that that you're working on this project? Because it's not like an episode of television. Yeah. No. I mean, it, there's definitely maybe a little more time, and in the
1: grand scheme of the, you know, because uh, there were some other writers who work on this movie too. Um, you know, for our initial, uh, breaking the story and coming up with a draft, like, you know, like over the course of like a month or so, like it was fast. It was definitely quicker than some other movies, but like, Mm. this is, again, it's all, uh, part of, yeah, a a big machine that you know really yeah
2: well you know i think that there's different answers for different movies but in this case the train was already moving Mm -hmm. in such a way that what was really necessary at the time that we entered were people who could come in and just get it done and 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 that's where having that knowledge was so helpful we didn't have to read a book about Pokémon. We didn't have to mm-hmm. figure out what this is and who these characters are. You know, there was a there was a, a finite period of time they really were looking for people who could step in and and produce in that period of time. And thankfully, we had that ability and and that's also where it goes back to our partnership, you know, at a certain point we were working almost like 24-hour shifts, you know, all, like to the extent that we were really, you know, just You know, all in on this on this movie Mm -hmm. for so for the entire duration of our time. And I I, so I think that, like, would it have been I I don't know, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know, if we had had six months to write this movie, Mm -hmm. would it have been better? I don't actually know that the answer is yes, in the sense that I think sometimes when there is a time crunch and I certainly feel this way in TV. Sometimes it's like there isn't really time to second guess yourself right. when there is a time as a factor, you know, during a rewrite, for instance. And sometimes that, you know, rewrites can go until one in the morning, you know, depending on what's going on in TV. But when it has to happen you don't have time to go well maybe there's a better way to tell this story or maybe if we all like go to our offices and generate <laughs> like 20 different ideas we'll right. pick the best one no there is not time for that someone has to make a decision and say this is what i you know my based on my experience and my artistic taste and all these things this is the story that we're going to tell let's all get on board with this right now and tell the best th- tell it the best way that we can and i yeah. feel like it was sort of similar sort of writ larger in this case because we had a very specific goal, which is we need to write a draft of this movie that is accessible to fans and non-fans using our knowledge and expertise about this world. We need to write an emotional story. We need to complete all these things. You know, everything, like the entire, you know, all the things that you usually do just had to happen within this time frame. And we did it, and, and, and I'm. Re- and, yeah. I,
1: and I would add, like, just for clarification, uh, this this script that I'm talking talking about us doing in a couple months, like that that was just the first draft. Oh, sure. Of this. Like this was heavily refined. We didn't just shoot that. Uh, you know, no, I would no, say no, no, from from when <laughs> from when we started writing the movie to when the movie started filming was about a year, mm-hmm. and then from when the movie started filming. To now has been about another year so we wrote this just over two years ago the very beginning of it but so it has been a long process and you know there there's rewriting happening you know all the way up until a few months ago when you have Ryan Reynolds just doing you know recording dialogue like that can be tweaked new jokes to the very end um and so yeah, so like that—that that initial draft was was
2: yeah. It wasn't me running to
1: set with pages,
2: <laughs> hot, still hot from the zero. It, was, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like we
1: wrote this in two months and now let's shoot it. No, no. Uh,
2: I mean, I, we're talking about the initial first draft and then refinement. That's still fast. Happened. Yeah, that's still very. It fast. was it was fast, but you know, luckily we also knew that there were some, you know, that there would be time to refine sure. with the director who also is one of the co-writers of the movie. Right.
1: He did a lot of great work on it. Derek Connolly, who also has credit, did a lot of great work on it. Um, Nicole Perlman, who, mm-hmm. you know, did his great,
2: fantastic writer, did mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel. Sure. But, you know, so there were a lot of great people involved working, I think, really um, in a very team
1: oriented way. To, you know, to, and, and that's w- w- another reason why I think our TV background helped is that like we weren't precious about like, right. oh, no, we are the sole authors of this. No one else can touch this. Uh Everyone involved just wanted to make a great movie. Right. And so y- there was a lot of like going back and forth between these. Writers. Like most people think of it as like, oh, this writer writes one, then they, you know. Dump th- it, they get dumped. They move on to someone else, and then there's this like, right? Like, if you look at the order of who did what draft, like, there's like back and forth between like, oh, and then they came back to us, and oh, you know, they went to Nicole, and then Derek, and then like it came back to us, and then Derek. Like, it was, it was really cool in that right. way that like there was there was and and Rob was like steering the ship, steering the ship, and he was doing drafts between everyone. Like, it was it was cool. It was definitely a lesson, in, you know how massive
2: movies get made sure. And it was a bit of a trial by fire for us, but we felt really good about it. Ultimately we felt really happy with, with what we produced. And I, and I really, I have to say, you know, from that, you know, from the the draft that we turned into the final movie, I I'm, I'm really not joking when I say so much of what we wrote is still so elementally present in the movie. And, and never changed from the beginning of our involvement right. and that's the thing that I'm I think the most proud of ultimately is things like Psyduck things like the you know the, the game of uh, you know hopefully people have seen it by now but some you know the comedic game in, in one of the big set pieces with Mr. Mime um, the selection of the Pokemon one of the big set pieces with um, the Torterras uh, you know these, these giant like turtle creatures basically. You know, that that was all present at the beginning of our, you know, that, that we 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 instituted so many of those things mm-hmm. and they just never changed. And so uh, we feel not total ownership of this movie because it was a collaborative process, right, but we definitely are, feel yeah. like our what we brought to it is still present and 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 in the fabric of everything. Mm-hmm. And that it's a really cool it's a really cool place to be because I don't think everyone always feels that way at the end of, of some of these processes. No,
1: there's definitely, you talk to writers who are like, Oh yeah, I did a draft on it, but that's not my movie anymore. Right. or, like this or that, but like we look at that and it's like, Oh no, that's still our movie. I mean, it's, it's a, a whole group of people's movie. Right. But like, you know, the, your fingerprints the, are all the over things it. that we initially sparked to and were are passionate about
0: writing. Mm-hmm.
1: That's all still there.
0: Yeah. Um, now, A lot of people uh, talk about writing partnerships and people who want one for whatever reason or people who are in one that can't seem to make it work. First off, how did you guys become writing partners and decide, yeah, I want to write with, you know, Dan or I want to write with Benji. And how have you made it work for 13 years? Without one of um, we're, you murdering the other we're one. very codependent. Well, actually, I have an announcement.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, um, Benji. You're, this is, this is the moment. I'll do
2: the. Th- I'll do the brand
1: Stark. Uh... Thank you, Benji. <laughs> you're a good man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, Dan and I went to college together, uh, and you know, in college we did a lot of theater stuff, and you know, senior year. Of college, we were both in a uh, a solo performance class. It was basically like the theater thesis at Brown Mm -hmm. was you write and star in your own hour long solo show.
0: Hour long, wow! Yeah, it's like a full like one man show. And Dan doesn't look like he has fond memories of it.
2: No, I, I have really fond memories of it, but it was an incredible amount of work. Yeah, in the sense that. The class met four, met four times a week. It was our senior year of college. So, you know, that's usually when people are winding down. But we were winding up in the sense that there was just a lot that had to happen. You know, my show was a full comedy show. Benji's Benji's show was a full magic show. An really? hour-long with, magic with show. With a narrative.
1: With a narrative.
0: Uh, it wasn't just magic. It wasn't just no, magic. No, it wasn't just it magic. Was, and,
1: and so so we were both in this class. and And what they did in the class... Uh, was they sort of pair you up with someone else going through it and you're like each other's spotter. You sort of help direct each other's shows Mm. and you collaborate with each other just to make sure you don't go insane. Uh, And so, yeah, we spent like six months of every day like working together in a creative way and just like there was a creative partnership there that we knew we wanted to keep going uh, after college and um and yeah, so so then like I mean I grew up in LA. I knew I was gonna come back out here and work. Uh and Dan had a slight detour because Yes,
2: I was in New York for four years, but my what?
1: M- my degree is in well, I was acting
2: in mm-hmm. very, 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 very bad off Broadway. Mm-hmm acting regularly but just in things i would say to my wife i was like please do not come (laughs) (laughs) under any circumstances and you know i think the thing about acting in new york especially in some of these littler black box theaters things is like you don't get any money but at the end of like four months they're like here is a 25 dollars starbucks gift card and i cannot thank you enough so the rewards are limited the upside is limited and the other thing I was doing at that time was my degree is actually in fiction, hmm. so I thought that I would be, you know, Stephen King. Okay. By now, my my fiction actually is is quite it's quite serious <laughs> in a weird way, huh. um, and you know, one of my stories was accepted to Weird Tales magazine, and then the magazine shuttered before oh, published they published it, it oh. which was is still and remains like the great sadness of my creative life because i really really was hoping to see it published and, and like i'm the only one that well now you all know that it was accepted but at the time it was like you know this is a magazine that had published stephen king hp lovecraft robert e howard you know all these people sure. that i admired and i wanted to be part of that legacy and then it just didn't happen so that was quite disappointing but at the same time benji had said well you know do, would you want to keep writing together kind of by correspondence you know by email I was like, sure, and when nothing was going on, it was quite easy because you know we just emailed back. Yeah, I was
1: and- I was out here in L.A., Dan's in New York, and you know we are working on scripts that no one's really ever going to see, right? Uh, and so it was pretty easy. And then yeah, it starts to be like, you know, we get a a small agent like we uh our scripts are starting to get out there then it's suddenly like oh wait people want to meet with you so then dan would start to fly out to la and like spend like you know a week out here two weeks out here a month out here like and i think by dan's last year of living in new york he was actually in la for more of the year just crashing with me Mm -hmm. then then actually living in new york yeah 100 percent. and and but it's i will say that like because of the bi-coastal thing it did we developed a a process of writing that i think is different from a lot of partnerships whereas like we're not always sitting at the computer together mm-hmm. um i would say more often than not we don't do that right we you know, we have long conversations on the phone. Uh, you know, we we talk through story. We outline things together. But then, like, one of us will go write it. And then, yes. So you have your own mini writer's room. Yeah.
2: Kind of. I mean, we still make quite a liberal use of Google Hangouts. You know, we started on uh, oh, okay. Instant Messenger. And mm-hmm. we've just migrated on over oh, to gosh, different yeah. platforms. I mean, we... Benji and I are in pretty much constant communication throughout the day when we're not together about various things that are going on. And yeah, I mean, I would projects. say that's,
1: that's the, the main to answer your your question of like, how do you make a writing partnership work for thirteen years? It's like, oh well, how about you be writing partners with your best friend, and then it's like, oh well, we would be hanging out anyways. So why not write and be productive? Right. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it's
2: it, it's 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 actually remarkable that we've been able to, you know not get sick of each other but the truth is like if i don't hear from him for a few hours i'm like benji where are you <laughs> <laughs> What's going he's on? like i'm
0: sleeping i'm like wake uh, up
1: yeah and so you know i i would say and also we have just like after all these years just such a creative trust and like as what you know dan was saying like if one of us cut something that the other one wrote like we don't care but now mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point of like so once we go back and forth a bunch we you know our last pass we usually sit down together and go through it together but then we'll be going through it and we'll be like oh this joke's fun who wrote this did you you wrote this no you wrote this uh, we don't know who wrote what mm-hmm. a lot of times we and,
2: we actually don't remember who like who generated it and and the the answer is usually it's because it was both of us on some level like right. almost working simultaneously and so Um, I, you know, my advice is if, if you're going to be in a writing partnership, I think that you really need to understand how intertwined your lives become, your money is intertwined. You're splitting a salary, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in TV where, you know, you, you can be an upper level writer, but be making less than a lower level writer doing the same job at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So there are unique challenge, not to say, you know, not that we're so obsessed with money. Actually, I would say that we're not, but, but there are unique challenges. And I think that some of those tension points
1: can begin to fracture relationships over time. We've, We've seen writing partnerships that, you know, end poorly sure uh because yeah the people came in wanting different things not seeing eye to eye and um this will
2: be really funny uh evidence <laughs> to
1: play in court <laughs> when you sue me <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah i would say as advice for someone who's like wanting to find a writing partner or this or that you know uh yeah don't just like jump into it because you think like oh, it'll be easier if I just can do this with someone. Like, in a lot of ways, it is easier. Uh, but it has difficulties that come with it. And I would say, like, I also know people that are, like, that have, like, different writing partners on different things. Like, oh, I wrote this. Sure. I'm writing this feature with my friend. And, oh, I wrote this pilot with another friend and this and that. And I, I, that makes me nervous for anyone that's doing that because when you're trying to establish your own identity as a writer oh, yeah. for like executives to know producers to know they won't know okay Which well who, part is who, you? who are you like yeah. what do you write like it's just like a lot of things with other people uh it's hard you know as much as it is like makes me roll my eyes to say but like uh you know you are a brand and you know you want people to be easily aware of like what Your brand is right.
2: You have a little bit more flexibility to do that kind of stuff once you're more established. Right. You know, there's there's projects that we do now with other writers, uh, just people we admire and are friends with who, you know, now people know us enough now that it's not like, who are these guys working with so and so? You know, it's more like, oh, this is a Marvel team up. Right. Rather than, you know, it's a little bit confusing or unwieldy to be like, right. well, is it this guy that's his partner or is she his partner? Right. I don't know. Um, the other thing that I would say that I think we have had success with is that I think that Benji and I have complementary ways of thinking about material and approaching material. Um, and I think that that can be
0: very valuable when. You don't have redundant skill sets right that's what I was gonna ask you yeah you know on television the showrunner always what's your superpower you know mm-hmm. what do you bring to the table that's different you know what's your skill set that you specialize in um, because everybody has something whether it's character development or dialogue or whatever it happens to be uh, so what what skill sets do you guys bring that sort of offset each other well you know I I,
2: I let me Address the first part of that. Yeah. Because I, I we have occasionally been asked mm-hmm. that question uh, in showrunner meetings. And I kind of feel like we've tanked the answer to that question because I mm-hmm. really believe that you have to kind of have a holistic ability to do everything if you really want to succeed at the highest level. Sure. I've never felt comfortable being like, well, I'm a joke man. Because... <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm I'm a very good joke writer, but I also think I have a pretty good sense of story and I think mm-hmm. I also have a, an
1: excellent sense of character. Right, these things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, so I I
2: really yeah. like try to encourage people not to think of them as like well, I, I you know, I'm I'm great at, at structure. It's like, okay, that's good, but you know, wouldn't it be better to be great at everything? Mm-hmm. I no, that's not to say that, especially in something like multicam, you do have people who are just amazing joke writers, and you do need those people. And that's not to denigrate those that at all. But I, I at least for me, I have never, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't even know if Benji will know this, but like, I, I don't necessarily think of myself as a comedy writer as a as a like defining characteristic you're just a writer with a good sense of humor i think of myself as a writer right. who has the ability to work in different modes gotcha i think i am a very funny writer but <laughs> <laughs> but i i just i i don't know when you write something like detective pikachu i mean this is such a mashup of so many you know there's great humor in it but it's also a noir a a, a, a noir detective story set in a like futuristic slash you know completely different city Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist on earth with you know it's a fantasy in the sense that there are incredible creatures with magical abilities.
1: Right. Um it also has some of the most dramatic scenes we've ever written. uh, And you know and we wrote for one day at a time. Uh (laughs) right. So and it it also
2: has incredibly emotional scenes. So I think in order to reach the 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 place of being able to write a you know some of these movies and you know develop a a, a complete skill set, you you really do have to. I I would almost encourage people. To, it's like if you do think of yourself as a joke writer, it's like okay, well if you what, what's the so as a joke writer, like what is the what are the characters that interest you? What are the emotions that interest you? Why have you gravitated toward that thing? And then try to like imbue whatever the completed product is, your pilot or whatever, with something that can only have come from your mind. I I really, you know, that to me is very important. Mm -hmm. So I forgot the second part of the question. (laughs) 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 Oh, what is our skill set? So... I I think, and you know, Benji, please correct, I like to fight the blank page. I like to start with nothing mm-hmm. and then put words on it and fill it up. But what I don't like to do <laughs> is refine. I got gotcha. you. I don't like to go back. I don't like to move scenes around. I don't like to do any of that. And I actually don't know how suited my mind is to doing it at, at like, the
1: – like, Maybe I'm sure like I could – the, you know. the writing is rewriting part. The writing yeah. is
2: rewriting is is not my favorite part <laughs> of this business. No, writing
1: is writing. Writing yeah. is writing. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I, but, you know, I think that, you know, obviously I can do all these things. And sure. I'm somewhat flippant. But – you know, I think mm-hmm. you, know,
1: t- you are most excited by a blank page, which a lot of writers are not excited. Right. By. No, it's, it's uh, frightening for a lot of people. And so, yeah, like I think we both excel at, you know, story and like uh, it, in everything we write, we try and come at it with like from an off kilter point of view and coming up with unexpected things and and subverting a little you know i think that's just our natural headspace uh but yeah that sort of nitty-gritty in the weeds of like hey i just realized that if we take the, this line from page 70 and put it on page 20 and then move this scene to here like that like the yeah. You know, I don't like the beautiful mindness of it, right? I can't say that about my own mind, but yeah, he has a Uh, Benji does have a beautiful mind.
2: Benji is absolutely incredible about restructuring stories or figuring out if there's a missing scene and then writing that scene. Not to say that Benji doesn't also go off the blank page. He does. We, you know, we're capable of of doing everything, and there are certain times where, depending on the material. It makes more sense to say, hey, Benji, maybe you should do the first draft of this and I'll be the editor on this Mm -hmm. one to to, or I'll be the guy writing behind you. But even to the extent that we trust each other so much that with the new like script writing technology, we will be working in different parts of the document at the same time. Right. We've like,
1: uh, yeah, writer duet, Mm -hmm. which we've we sometimes use. Uh, has been great for that where we can both be typing in a script at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's
2: it's a game changer for us because that's
1: how we had kind of always wanted to work. You no, know, and we've had some some tight deadlines before where one of us is just a page behind the other one. So by the time oh, wow. we finish, we've actually just done two drafts. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it's,
2: it's a crazy way of working, and I don't know if it is... Like I said, it, all of this is built on years and years and years of trust sure. and similar taste. And, and the technology. Technology. Yeah. and under, I feel like James Cameron. We had to wait for the technology <laughs> to, to uh-huh. catch up to us. <laughs> right. But, but it, it really has worked for us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an interesting experiment to try, if you are in a writing partnership, to say, you know, is, this, is this a mode of working that, that can be effective for us? Because it has increased our productivity um, by a lot. Right. And it's, and it's, it's, it's very, it's different. You know, it's a, you have to train your brain to like be okay with something that you wrote a minute ago being different by the time that you, Go back up to it, and and right. it's, you know <laughs> it's finish, very.
1: You'll finish a draft, and you'll look back, and you'll be like, "Wait, what happened to that scene? Oh, oh, it's gone. <laughs> oh, it's dead. That yeah. scene you just wrote is <laughs> gone. Or, or it's like, oh, it's on page ninety, which right. we haven't written
2: yet. Yeah, you you know? yeah you're coming right. back around. You yeah. see right. the scene you again because like, you put it. In hey, theory. where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. weren't you back behind me? Like what? But so yeah, I mean, I think that everyone needs to figure out what works for them. It's okay. To not to you know some people are like we write every word together next right. to each other on a chair, and I'm sure that for those people that's the best possible way to work. And mm-hmm. so it is a it is right. there that, is some that would, at this point
1: that would drive us so crazy. I think that we could not do that right anymore. Um, well, we would just be like, why are we doing this? We're wasted. We could uh, we could be right like we could be writing two different things right now. Like, right. Uh, right. And so you know that's where being partners really helps is, yeah, like we have written oftentimes one of us is writing one of our projects while the other one's writing it And then we switch, switch. Um, you know, it's just, it's, we, we're into maximizing productivity and uh, that's one of the ways we do it. Yeah. It,
2: it's, it's like the
1: hive
0: mind mentality.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, if, if that's you cool. have that level of trust, yeah. then you don't have to be quite as, nitty-gritty on Mm -hmm. every single thing at all moments. But
1: also, like, we should add, like, you know, going back to what Dan said of us being in constant dialogue with each other basically 24-7, driving our wives crazy, like, by the time either of us is sitting down to write a scene that we've discussed it at length in so much detail that, like, we know what it has to be. Like, it's not, like... Like, and they're still finding new things and, you know, surprising each other with, like... But that's... Most of the surprises is just, like, in the jokes and the dialogue and, like, little, like, oh, I did this clever... But, like, the story beats, we've covered that so much by the time we actually sit to write down that, you know... uh, there's no mystery, right. you know. You right. know
2: what you, you know what you expect to see. Sure. And, you, and 99% of the time it is that. And if there's a problem, I I am him and I'm like, "Hey, there's a problem. Wake up." Right. <laughs> right. It's
1: like, "Hey, I can't write this anymore. We need to talk. This 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 structure is not working."
0: Mm-hmm. Now, do you you both have mentioned that you like on occasion we'll work on different things and swap like separate scripts. Oh yeah. More than on
1: occasion, like all the time.
0: Do you work, uh, like have similar hours or different hours? Um, are you a night owl? Or It
1: depends on what's going on in our lives or what the circumstances require of us. I mean, we both are night people and not given morning people like in, in a vacuum. Uh, We're both night people, but Dan is like a more extreme version of that, whereas I more
2: of a night person. like
1: I probably like in on my own Mm. desert island of of life, like I probably go to bed at like 2 a.m. And wake up at like 10 Mm -hmm. a.m. Dan, on the other hand, is go to bed at 5 a.m. and wake up at 5 p.m.
2: Yeah, it left to my own device. I mean, there were certainly points in New York where I would go to sleep as the sun was rising and, mm-hmm. and wake up when it was dark. You know, that that was a pretty regular occurrence and I've trained myself a little bit to be to to come out of that because it does take a toll, I think ultimately, like certainly like on my like physical fitness and things like that. But
1: but but I mean, it doesn't happen as much when we're like like when we're on a TV show, mm-hmm. right. there's a there's a room where right. you get up in the morning and you go and Dan and they yell at you if you're not there. <laughs> Dan Dan adjusts to a more human
2: uh, hour. I I, I often right. feel like when I have to go to the bad place, like when Marv in Sin City is like the bad old days <laughs> they're back right and he's sort of excited in a way yeah. like that that's how i feel yeah right?
1: and, and and it's uh, when we're on a particularly tough deadline that's when we're just like we need that dan and right. so we've had things where yeah where i write during the daytime hours and then when i go to bed dan takes over writes all night i wake up in the morning and there's a fresh draft wow. for me to go and so it's a full 24 hour cycle which is you know it's cool <laughs> yeah it's you guys are like a
0: computer
2: well we we're like an emotional computer yeah we're like a like it's it's uh I, again it's not for everyone but you kind of have to understand your own rhythms as a person and my entire life if left to my own devices i just stay up late because i'm always thinking well there's something else i could be doing oh there's some piece of writing that i that i really should have read and now and when it's quiet and still i'm like what a perfect time to to do that right. and and that has sort of been channeled into into writing which is you know it, for whatever reason i can focus my thinking the most yeah. when i'm I have absolutely no distraction and everyone is asleep and i feel like all of my sort of like obligations for the day have been discharged and now it's like there's only one job and i can complete that job on my own schedule in whatever way that needs to happen if i need to go get a burrito from the burrito truck at four in the morning that's just what has to happen and it will happen and often does
0: Where's a four a.m. burrito truck? Uh,
2: there was one when I was living on the west side of L.A. that was open until about four a.m. And yet that one was very. Uh, in many ways, they should have a some kind of credit on, on Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> like they definitely should have a special thanks. Like special thanks to the the, the poyito truck. truck or what I forget what it's called. Mm. Like, but they're or, or the guy. I forget what it is, but it's the one on the corner of Santa Monica and Westwood that's open you know, right. really late. And it's... and, and that, that movie wouldn't exist without that This them. movie would not right. exist without that truck. So, by Burrito. So thank you very much, uh, Burrito Truck.
0: Yeah. Where do you guys do your best thinking? I mean, like you talked about going out at 4 a.m. for a burrito for whatever reason, but if that triggers something or helps the process or whatever, you know, some people it's in the shower or washing the dishes, you know, doing something that's not writing. Where do you guys... Come up with some of your, or is it literally sitting at the computer until <laughs> the ideas bleed out your eyes? I mean,
1: a lot of it is late night conversations between yeah. us.
0: We're very Socratic in our, uh, in our
2: in our you know sort of questioning, and right. there's a talk. lot of
1: uh, drive time conversations. Oh, you know, in LA, where you know every day is a, an hour long drive, uh, and we're both in the car, separate cars, like. Uh, We'll talk about stuff there, and gotcha. it's,
0: so you are in constant
1: contact. Oh yeah, oh, yes. It's not a joke. Yeah, it's not. I
2: mean, even when we, I mean, we're going to go to lunch in a minute, and we have mm-hmm. to talk about another project. We just have, we have to find the time to talk about this before. Right. Um, I would also say that for me, sometimes I will literally say to myself, "I have to have a good think," mm-hmm. and I will lie down on the floor or in a bed and go into an almost meditative state of like it seems like I'm dead or asleep or asleep. And, and sometimes I am asleep, not dead, hopefully. But, <laughs> um, but I really do think of it as like, if there's a really tr- particular tricky problem in a script, I mm-hmm. do sometimes say like, I need to be on the floor now, Benji. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen me do this. Like I just need to be on the floor now and I just will be silent until my brain has sort of, it it, it does feel like the closest thing I have in my life to some kind of Zen practice or meditation because you just have to let your mind wander as far afield as it needs to go until you can, like, unravel these
0: problems. Sure. Meanwhile, Benji's working on Meanwhile, Benji's track. doing a great uh, job <laughs> on something <laughs> else. Um, so on working on the Pikachu, uh, Detective Pikachu, uh, what do you get, since you're on the inside, what do you get for catching them all? Is it like a, a, an award, or it's like the
2: it's like the the last chamber of the Wu Tang Enlightenment?
0: Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. What's that? Right. Um, okay, so uh, if you guys, I want to ask you some fun questions here to sort of bring it all home. If you guys could remake any animated series into a live action feature, other than obviously the sequel to uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu in theaters now, um, what would you do? What would you choose? An animated show, animated or show, or that. video game, I guess, or video game, or video game that. that you can turn into a feature. So Dan and Benji, we want to make a movie of you know this IP. I mean, the, like there's there's a lot of dream ones, especially in the video game
1: space. Like you know, we've talked a lot about Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such an amazing world that is dying to be a movie. But I mean, I know everyone wants to make that into a movie. Uh, There's
2: others though. Metroid, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, that'd be interesting. Would be a really interesting one. You know, I I would be super interested in something like portal. Okay. I would be super interested in something like Bioshock.
0: Oh, that'd be amazing. a
2: little more serious than what we've written in the past, but I, I just love that story so much. Right. Um, what about Skyrim? Your blacksmith? We need to. Know I gotta a black do. Story. The, I want to just do a blacksmithing story. I, as long as people are willing to spend two hundred million dollars, oh, okay, uh, to produce my my blacksmith of Skyrim right. movie. Um, there's a lot of you know. There's you know. I, I know it's not an anime. Like there's a you know Bone, the comic. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I would love to adapt that that comic. I mean, you know, obviously, if Jeff Smith wanted to do it and maybe ha- I don't know. I don't know. But it like when I think about the kinds of things that that I get excited about mm-hmm. that I think about deserves to be on the big screen, Bone is one that really comes to mind. Right. Trans Metropolitan, the comic is another that I really just oh, yeah. absolutely adore. Um Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson's yeah, yeah. uh, you know, kinda dystopian journalist, uh, you know, fighting for truth in the in the in the big futuristic city. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, no, it is. So th- those are some that that spring to mind as as potentials. You know, we we'd really, you know, we'd really like to have the opportunity to explore some other video game realms. Uh, we think that it's kind of an untapped,
1: you know, source of of great story, and, yeah, and we're, that, sure. we're hoping that yeah, the success of this movie mm-hmm. spawns on a lot of new video game prop because it's like. Right you know the way that comics are being so thoroughly uh they they're dominating the box office Absolutely. like i think there's this untapped ip potential in right. all these great
0: games yeah um if uh if you were a contestant on america's got talent or you know some tv talent competition show I think I know the answer for Benji. Mm-hmm. Uh, what talent would you showcase? Uh, yeah, I would be doing my magic routine. Do you ever bring that out in in meetings to to help get a job, to, like grease the wheels, you know, uh, to start it off to warm there, up the crowd?
1: There was one pitch that we did where I did a a magic trick in it. Um, I don't know if it helps. <laughs> The the, it was the pitch the pitch did not sell, uh, so so <laughs> so maybe so, I won't do that but anymore. But That's a
2: small sample size, so right. we should that's just do good. it at right. all of them. For I, now
1: I have uh, we we have had occasional meetings at the Magic Castle. That's, oh, That's cool. a, a a trump card I can play. Of, right. Uh,
0: you know, if so I those, really we, have want to impress the executive. Right. For those listeners who don't know, the Magic Castle is this members only private club for magicians. And to go to the there, they have a restaurant and everything. I think mm-hmm. you either have to know a member, or don't they have a hotel or something that you could? Yeah, there's a there's a hotel at. there that you can stay. at. Yeah, but those are the only ways you can actually go to see the shows and have the dinner there and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Anyway,
2: I mean, unfortunately, I think I would have to, I would have to write in real time, and just and just the audience would just have to go along with it. There's a there's a. <laughs> There's a Monty Python sketch where they they have a I think it's on I forget which of the the records it's on but it's it's the color commentary of this guy um writing a no- the novel return of the native and they're like okay he's 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 and he's starting and it's the the okay uh sort of an an expected choice <laughs> but but uh, what do you think about this and he's like well you know th- Several of his books have begun with, with a indefinite pronoun. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that would be I think that's, that, would, that would be my talent.
0: I think that's talent on multiple levels because the person commentating, that would be pretty impressive as well. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a good you know? sketch. Everyone should listen to it. Yeah. It's very funny.
0: Yeah, I think it's Return of the Native. that
2: It's either that or Native Son, but I think it's Return of the Native.
0: Um, what's your opinion on garden gnomes? Do you love them, hate them, or think that they're sort of a part of a secret cabal? that's uh, destined to overthrow the human race as the dominant species on the planet, I just
2: don't understand why it just
1: is gnomes. I want more options in the uh, yeah, I like some of the like the spin offs of like you know when you see like the Star Wars ones or yeah you know i but i'm a, I'm a fan i'm a fan yeah. I have none at my home, but theoretically i'm a Yet. fan right Yet. the in Sky
2: miles magazine or whatever you can <laughs> buy the giant sasquatch. The, you ever in, see that sky in mall sky mall which doesn't
0: exist anymore Oh, it doesn't
2: exist you can't well they had a giant sat like a like a the bronze sasquatch the bronze That's sasquatch an iconic
0: was it was it large piece of it american was huge. Yeah. yeah really yeah and bronze yeah Weighed like a ton i think so pretty sure it was wow. bronze? <laughs> it looked like it i i yeah.
2: it, maybe it was like bronze plated but yeah. anyway i would have something like that but i i would even expand it to like i'd love to have like a velociraptor you stole that from me lo- i did
1: yes that's so, my my dream is uh, is uh to one day have a lazy river at my house and then you go through the the overgrowth and
0: there's a velociraptor animatronic
2: okay well i i, I like pages idea.
0: <laughs> well isn't there that also, that spitting dinosaur, right? From yeah, you should get one of those yep. to spit on people. Yeah, as those it goes are great. By. Probably, I wonder if I can get. Well, you know, they got rid
1: of. You know, they're rebuilding the Jurassic Park ride into yeah. a Jurassic World ride, and what are they going to do with those old spitters? There may right, be, a, yeah. there
2: may be an opportunity to uh, acquire some
0: get, some get Universal on the
1: phone,
2: some black market. <laughs> Animatronic. You yeah.
0: so, use some of that uh, Pokemon clout to pull some strings and get one of those, right? Um, yes, I, I wish we had that kind of clout. <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: so all the Pokemon that, clout. That
0: theoretical Pokemon clout. Um, so, what's going on with Pokemon 2 that you can tell us? Um, <laughs> can you give us all the secrets? There's, yeah, no no secrets can be given.
2: No secrets. Um, I think that we're just kind of waiting to see how everything. Falls with with this one mm-hmm. before, uh, legendary. You know, makes a decision about about you know how they want to approach expanding this universe, sure. whether that's in a direct sequel or in other things. You know, there's been a lot of conversation, and and we are excited to see how it goes. But that's I think that's about all we can say. Right
0: so, now. did you guys get Pokemon before um, one day at a time in the tick? We we wrote uh the movie after the
1: first season of one day at a time okay uh and then the day yeah the day we finished the movie we went back to season 2 of one day at a time and then the tick we did between season 2 and 3 of one day at a time okay good to keep busy yes it's been a lot
0: of back to back to back work right we like to be busy yeah and now you're working on Pokémon too. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We're not. Uh, we are we are
2: waiting to see how Detective Pikachu does and how you know how it finishes out its run and we're really hoping that it continues to have, you know, great
0: success and so far so good. How much merchandise do they send you? Uh we we have a a, got a, little, a little bit, but little I will s-
1: we 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 bought a lot of our own merchandise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were because...
2: warned by our respective wives not to buy anymore.
1: So I think we ha- <laughs> we have to be a little selective. About... I mean, we're we're just like it's not every day you have a movie that right. it has merchandise. So uh, but
0: you have had a TV show that had merchandise, right? Um, like tick. tick tick yeah. tick has a little bit. It's not the same, yeah. but still, no, it's yeah. But you know you
2: can. You know, I got the the Slurpee cup from Seven Eleven. Right. I oh, just yeah. I just
1: got a Detective Pikachu, Menchie's frozen yogurt. Okay, uh, there's a lot of branded yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. that we've never experienced before. Right. So, just trying to enjoy. You know, there's Detective Pikachu Pillsbury cookies you can buy that we like We got to get those.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 all about any sort of edible branded corporate <laughs>
0: po- partnership. But then where you don't get to keep the. No, I got to huh. keep
2: my Slurpee cup. Oh,
1: that's true.
0: Then
2: that for all my Slurpee needs, <laughs> I'm a
0: I'm a big like
1: Lego enthusiast. Yes, and yeah. even you know, Lego doesn't have the the Pokemon license. Okay. So it was it was Mega, Mega Blocks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mega released some Detective Pikachu sets. Yeah, that that was one of the most excited I've ever been to to get anything, uh, because yeah, even though it's not not Lego, it's still like. Almost Lego of my movie. Yeah, uh,
0: that was a big day for me. And that's only due to licensing issues. Right, that's right. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, Well, thanks for coming on the show, guys. I I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was our pleasure. Um, Now, you got to follow Dan and Benji on Twitter. Uh, Dan is at Cuban Missile DH. The DH stands for darn handsome. Yes. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the Cuban Missile part is about. Maybe it's like cigars or something. Maybe. It's just, mm-hmm. you know,
2: just one of those nicknames <laughs> that you can use your own imagination.
0: Um, and it's at Benji summit Yep. Benji. That's, I don't know what the Benji summit stands for. It's cryptic. It's sort of an enigma. I don't know. No people people really have know? always been referring <laughs> to me as it. It's a
2: very long acronym. <laughs> yes.
0: um, and if you missed Detective Pikachu, it's in theaters. Opening weekend was this past weekend. Um, and if you didn't go see it, you let everyone down, but you can make it up by go seeing it this weekend. Um, yeah. yeah. And Bring please, and all your friends, you all your, bring your friends, friends, kids. Bring your kids. Bring your grandparents. My son went with his kindergarten class, That's what, nice. the birthday party thing. So That's what yeah. we like to hear. Yeah. It's a
2: great movie for everyone. So... And it has Ryan
0: Reynolds' voice, and yep. he doesn't love Ryan Reynolds' voice. I mean, come voice? on.
2: You guys love fun? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you don't, then you if should... If you yeah. don't
2: love fun, don't see the movie. Right. But if you actually like fun...
0: Right. I recommend seeing the movie. Right. Or even if you're moder- moderately entertained by fun.
2: Yeah, if you're
1: like kind of in the middle of fun. If fun does anything for you... Right.
0: Go see the movie. Right. If it moves the yes. needle just the slightest, go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, don't Stay move. out. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> go no, see... No, I'll still come though. actually. Yeah.
2: Uh, a less fun, a less <laughs> fun movie <laughs> that, that I will not <laughs>
0: name, that we won't name that I will not <laughs> call out by name <laughs> um, thanks guys and as always thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time bye guys bye, bye.